the benefits of water, and the 500-calorie swing is our topic for this second week of January 2010. Hi, Dr. Anderson. I really enjoyed your podcast. Or to future ones you may be putting together. I was really interested in the strength training, especially as I'm getting, I'm in my early 60s. Thank you for all your information. It's very informative. Looking forward to your next podcast. So, how are those New Year's resolutions going? I hope you're able to either eat better or exercise, or quit smoking, or whatever it is that you have resolved to do this year. I hope you're successful at doing it. Welcome back to our podcast. This is the second one for the second week of January. It is um, uh, good to be here. I'm glad you're with me. As I'm recording this, I'm sitting in my office. It's a snowy day here in St. Louis, and the temperatures are way into the single digits, so very cold. But let's go ahead and... um, get started with this uh, probably about 15 minute long uh, recording with the health news that caught my eye. Quitting smoking carries a diabetes risk. Okay, I want you to quit smoking and most doctors would also want you to quit smoking even those who smoke. But in the January 5th issue of the Annals of Internal Medicine, Uh, The authors of this study found that smoking increased the chance of diabetes. So this happened by looking at a group of 10,892 middle-aged adults between 1987 and 1989. So they looked at these adults for nine years, and they found that these people over that nine-year period had a 42% increased chance of developing diabetes. And within those first Six years after quitting smoking, that chance increased to 70%. So the moral of the story is you do not want diabetes and you do not want to smoke. So how do you get the best of both worlds? Well, when you look at quitting smoking, people tend to gain weight. In fact, 70% of those who stop smoking gained weight in the first six years. This is why you develop diabetes. It's the weight gain. Now, after 10 years, the chance of you getting diabetes is about the same as if you never smoked. So the moral of the story is stop smoking, and when you stop, you're going to have to watch your diet. Get focused on your diet and make sure your weight stays in check so you don't develop diabetes. So let's talk about the 500-calorie swing. This is the idea that if you have 500 calories too much, or 500 calories too little, you're going to go into either storage mode or starvation mode. So here's how it works. You wake up in the morning, it's time for breakfast, but let's say today you decide to skip breakfast. So you skip breakfast and your body wants those calories. So it's going to go into a mode of starvation. The next time you eat, which would be lunch, your body's going to store more calories. Because pretty much what you're telling your body is that, hey, I know you're starving, but I'm going to skip giving you food right now, so good luck. Uh, Your body's going to get the calories from other places. It's going to get it from the stored sugar in your liver and in your muscle. It's also going to get it from your your muscle tissue itself. It's going to break that down. This happens in people with diabetes. If they aren't getting the fuel into their cells, essentially starving, then their body starts to break down the muscles to create fuel. You don't want that to happen. You want as much 
muscle as possible because the muscle is going to help you ultimately burn more fuel and lose weight. So this 500 calorie swing, we can see this in people who skip breakfast. They have a tougher time losing weight. In fact, skipping breakfast increases your chance of obesity 450%. That's huge. And that's because of this starvation mode that you teach your body to be in all the time when you skip breakfast. If you eat five smaller meals throughout the day, you're going to teach your body that there's always plenty of calories coming your way. You don't have to go into starvation mode. You don't have to go into storage mode. I will eat enough food for you. And so your body can sit back and burn the fuel and know that there's more calories coming in just a few hours and you don't go into starvation mode. So that's the 500 calorie swing. Make sure to eat your breakfast. Make sure to eat a snack during the middle of the day and try to try to space out your food intake. Eat smaller meals. The way I like to do it is I have a regular breakfast, whether some cereal or some fruit or however that works out. And then I'll have a snack about 10 o'clock, maybe a little bit of cheese, some crackers, or maybe another piece of fruit. And then I'll eat lunch about 12, 1 o'clock. And then late afternoon snack, and then dinner, and then maybe even another snack before we go to bed. So try to really space out those calories. Give it a try this year, and you'll see that you can lose weight by actually eating the same amount of calories. It does work. You just have to give it a chance. Especially if you're the kind of person who skipping breakfast for years and years and years. You have to retrain your body that breakfast is coming. There's no need to be in starvation mode. So as we've been talking about the, the new year, talking about making resolutions and changing your life and improving things with exercise, with weight loss, there's one big piece of the puzzle. Very often it, it's overlooked, and that's drinking enough water. So I thought it would be interesting to bring in a friend of mine, Dr. Andy Tepperberg, who's on the line right now. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Craig, and it's uh, great to be here with you. Thanks uh, for taking a couple minutes. So Dr. Tepperberg is a um, uh, one of the top chiropractors in Illinois, I would say. Would you agree with that, Andy? <laughs> uh, well, that sounds wonderful. I, I appreciate the uh, the compliment. So he's a, a good friend of mine. We actually practice together, and uh, I thought it would be good for him and I to to talk about this water concept a little bit um, and just some of the nuts and bolts of what we see in practice. So Andy, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, the, the types of patients that you're seeing and is this problem of dehydration an issue that you see regularly in your practice? Well, uh, Craig, I see, I see patients uh, from infancy uh, into their 80s and 90s and um, a lack of water uh, seems to cut across all the age groups, even though I, I, I see it more prevalent uh, in, in older individuals. And actually, the number one understated health concern in the country, I think, is a lack of water intake. Hmm. Um, yeah. It actually uh, sets us up for all sorts of, of health care concerns, uh, everything from uh, anxiety and nervousness to uh, headaches and fatigue. There's a lot of different recommendations out there. You know, you got the drink eight cups of water idea. Um, you know, what do you tell your patients? What what, what approach do you take? Well, I, I like to talk in, in, in ballpark figures, um, even though I kind of uh, um, tailor things to, to which patient I'm talking to. But on the average, uh, an adult 
um, should drink a, a, about a half a gallon of water a day. So do you, you encourage people to carry around like a big gallon of water with them all the time? or uh, well, if, <laughs> they, if they need to. It, yeah, if, if they need to, um, always carry around water if, it, if it's not available to you. But um, drinking water... Um, the importance of it just really can't be understated, and, yeah. and that information is, is just not out to the general public how important water really is. You know, you think about the, all the ads that we see on TV for medications, for different pharmaceuticals, for things that will suck fat out of your body and, you know, allow you to still eat all the fatty food, yet it doesn't get absorbed into your into your colon like it like it should all these little fad things that go on, but you never really see a commercial for water. Um, you know, water, the water industry just is not big. You know, there's no water lobbyists um, for people to drink more water, and it's just something that, um, you know, it seems like it's not a big issue, but dehydration can be a cause of lot of lots of stuff, like back pain, like we see, headaches, fatigue. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, and, and simply drinking a little more water is, uh, is the answer. Now, here's a question for you. Go ahead, Andy. Can, can, I, can I make a comment on that? Because one of the most important facts that really doesn't get out to the public is that um, when we drink soda, when we drink um, coffee and beers, a lot of people um, are under the false impression that they're getting water into their body. And, and, and the fact is that all those water molecules are actually um, tied up and bound up in the wrong way uh, in such a way that the body doesn't absorb those water molecules. And so people think they're getting um, water, uh, but they're not. And, and so uh, that's one of the big facts that's not getting out because water doesn't have maybe a big lobby presence in our government and, or in the in, uh, advertising industry. Um, so I can't tell you how important it is to uh, tell my patients that drinking soda, drinking coffee is not the right way of getting water into your body. Have you ever had uh, somebody say that they just can't drink water? Yes, you know, all either the time. makes yeah, it makes the their stomach feel weird. Um, what's your take on uh, drinking maybe juice uh, as a as a substitute for water? Fresh fruit juices are a a good substitute for water. Um, herbal teas are a good substitute for water. Um, I tell my patients they can they can flavor water with uh, with lemon and, and honey. They can actually use some things like Crystal Light, but um, try to stay away from uh, canned fruit juices, fruit juices that are uh, very high in sugar and things like that, because the uh, uh, they just don't get the the, the proper nutritional um, effects from the water. Um, uh, however, one of the good things about uh, water is that it's under our control. And so I tell my patients, you know, they, they'll tell me, well, I don't like to drink water, but, you know, they got to make a decision. The uh, alternative is to suffer uh, a lot of um, health issues. And so for those people that say they can't drink water, they just, they got they got to get tough with themselves. And, you know, the excuse of I, I just can't seem to remember to drink water, um, 
really doesn't hold water when you think about it. Because uh, uh, yes, I, and I don't mean to sound like Doctor Phil, but um, sometimes we we have to be a little tough on ourselves. And if we, if we don't like to drink water, we've got to make ourselves almost force ourselves to drink water. Um, at one point, people who don't drink any water are going to find themselves so dehydrated that if they end up uh, in an emergency room or in a hospital because of because of that, they're gonna they're gonna get their water through an intravenous, and mm. so uh, that can easily be avoided. It really can. And uh, um, drinking water first thing in the morning, very very important to sort of kind of lubricate the body. Uh, not drinking water with your meals uh, is actually uh, there's there's an instance where where we shouldn't drink water because it dilutes our our digestive enzymes and we should drink plenty of water before our meals and we should drink plenty of water an hour or two after our meals and so there are a lot of uh, common sense things that people can do to to increase their health. I like coffee. Now, eight glasses of water. Yeah, that's pretty much about sixteen cups of coffee. Couldn't I just drink sixteen cups of coffee? Uh, you could, but you're, you're going to you're, you're get sick, and uh, and it's going to it's going to be a, 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 a slow process. But um, when we bind up water molecules with coffee, uh, it, it, it doesn't get absorbed uh, into the body, and so you're you're drinking a lot of, of fluids, a lot of liquids, but not the right kind. And that that especially goes for soda, and and it goes for alcohol mm-hmm. drinks like like beer as well. Yeah, the alcohol, the soda. The coffee, those things with caffeine, you know, that essentially is a diuretic. So you have a net negative of water in your body. Yeah, and so that's, They will tend to dehydrate us, and so it, it yeah. actually uh, uh, works against uh, us being hydrated. Well, I think we, uh, I think we got the message across that uh, we need to increase our water. Now, my advice that I give to people is to simply drink more water. Um, you don't have to be a scientist about it. You don't have to measure out 64 ounces, but just carry some water with you and just sip it throughout the day. Um, Over the course of the day, you're going to take in more water than you usually do. You'll have more lubrication in your joints. Uh, You'll feel better. And one of the nice benefits is this afternoon fatigue that people get between 2 and 3. Instead of going for the coffee, go for the water. See if that works. Chances are it's going to help you. Couldn't agree with you more. And and, and lots of times uh, common sense uh, is our... our, uh, best friend, and, and drinking water uh, makes a lot of common sense. Well, maybe we'll have to do this again sometime, Andy. Look forward to it. Dr. Tepperberg is in uh, Vandalia, Illinois, and um, why don't you tell me your uh, your phone number, Andy? That phone number in, uh, in Vandalia, Illinois is 618-283-7070. Okay, so if you're in Vandalia and uh, you're looking for a good chiropractor, I'd recommend Dr. Tepperberg. He's good at what he does. And Andy, thanks for your time. All right. Thank you very much, Craig. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this second podcast of 2010. Don't forget you can find more information about Back Experts on our website, backexperts.com, or you can call us at 314-837-9911. Have a healthy day. Thank you.